1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter, helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. But Julio came to the town hall uh, fold just before, right around the time that um, the riots were breaking out nationwide, and he was recently asked to come to Congress to explain some of uh, what he had seen and he joins us now to discuss that experience. Julio thanks for being back with us um, and I remember when you started reporting for Town hall because it, it you were like Superman. You were in Seattle one night and New York the next in Washington, D.C. and then Minneapolis. Like I just I was trying to put, you know, uh, pins on a map like everywhere you were in filing stories from. But it was that year and a half that those, you know, post George Floyd riots broke out that we really did see. Kind of the bare teeth of a group called Antifa, and what Black Lives Matter essentially was being uh, driven by, because Antifa was functionally the the engine or the guts of that entire movement. Um, how were you received with your testimony on Capitol Hill?
2: Well, for the people that actually cared to hear what I had to say, it was received very well because I'm a subject matter expert on this. I, I've been to more cities and towns in 2020 than I than I can count, and. Um, Really, I mean, th- this, you know, the issue of far-left violence is is a big issue because 2020 was just filled with it. I mean, the only really example in terms of, you know, mass chaos on the right was the next year on January 6th, and that was one day, and, you know, I'm trying to like do one or the other, but in terms of just, I mean, sheer numbers, uh, you know, the BLM anti provides certainly were more than, than what happened on January 6th in terms of, I guess, quantity.
1: But it seems to me that the left is almost incapable of having a rational discussion about even looking at the two at the differences between the two, because we've heard more about January 6th from Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer over the last uh, three years than we heard at all about the riots that followed George Floyd, except, you know, perhaps in a sketch where someone on SNL stands in front of an exploding fire behind them and says it's mostly peaceful. I mean, it, it really was. Uh, cartoonish, if it wasn't so tragic, the way that the left and the media work together to really, you know, s- you know, silence that story.
2: Yeah, and and that's why Town Hall sent me to all these places because we couldn't rely on the mainstream media to accurately retell what was happening. And so, yeah. it, it was to myself and a handful of others, you know, the riot squad, essentially, to travel the country. And and you know, could can be in two places at once as much as I wanted to be. But it it was, I mean, it was a very difficult time for the nation. And yet, because of who was perpetuating it, Mm -hmm. we couldn't have an actual debate or even discussion on how to address it, because, well, if you were against it, you were racist.
1: So what was the purpose of the subcommittee hearing that they asked you to appear before? What is that subcommittee looking into?
2: Uh, looking basically into how the ApronTheta moves operate, um, and 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 the funny thing is, it, it's not rocket surgery. Uh, you know, they they are small cell units. They're decentralized. Uh, you know, predominantly uh, centralized in the Pacific Northwest, but there's also some in D.C., Los Angeles, New York City, Chicago, any of the big cities. Um, and and when they when they when they're able to unify over an event or over an issue. Uh, they can they can cause a lot of damage and so uh, i told them that we don't necessarily need anything new from congress the laws just need to be enforced i mean you know i mean that just seems to be an issue across the country not just dealing with antifa but we talk about just regular criminals right uh you know if, if you if you have people that are willing to arrest them and actually take them to court for serious crimes um you're going to put a massive massive debt in their operational capabilities. And so that's why that's why I told Congress
1: how how were your comments and your observations received?
2: Uh, well, I, I'm assuming you're alluding to uh, Congressman Daniel Goldman. Yes. Um, well, so for him, he 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 took the issue that I was contradicting, uh, con- uh, contradicting the the FBI director on, on his old quote on saying that Antifa is you know more of an ideology and not necessarily an organization. And he was saying, you know, how dare, you know, Julio Rosas, whoever this guy is, is going to counter, you know, contradict the, uh, the FBI director. And of course, my response is yes, because I actually know more about Antifa than the FBI director. And also the fact that he was trying to uphold the FBI as some, uh, an, an unimpeachable uh, source of truth at this particular moment, his uh, hubris yeah. and, and, and or lack of. Breeding the room
1: capability. That that does speak uh, very candidly of uh, some blind spots there. Um, th- the interesting thing about what you just said, though, Julio, is that we do have, um, at least in one political party, a willingness to live with this violence, a willingness to allow it to perpetrate and grow, uh, a willingness to even utilize it when it benefits their political viewpoint from time to time. What does... How does that strike you when we're talking about a nation that is at the crossroads that we're at right now? Well,
2: it's just that they're full of it. And, you know, I hate to say, you know, I hate to, you know, fall into the, you know, i look at the hypocrisy of the Democrats. because No,
1: but I guess I'm asking bigger picture. But, like, are you concerned that the country is in a situation where where something if 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 the if the event was cataclysmic enough, are these forces that are willing to look the other way and let this stuff happen? Could it break out in a civil war from where you sit?
2: Well, yeah. So the reason why I do highlight the you know the, the Democrats because it, it you're right it, it it puts us in a very dangerous path. I mean we are on a dangerous path, and I, I I put that in my testimony, in my opening statement. But you know I said I don't know where we're headed, but if we if if the judicial system and law enforcement doesn't take the far left threat seriously, you, something like the 20, the outcome of the 2024 presidential election can spark another wave of violence that we might not come back from. And that's very concerning because for for a while in 2020 towards the end, I thought we weren't going to come back from that because everyone says you know it was a summer of love you know jokingly, but it wasn't just the summer; it went well into November. I was covering riots as far as November, and even before you know before January 6th. So, and January 6th, honestly, you no, know, those two aren't separate. It's it's the same tangent in the sense that people saw that if you create enough violence you can kinda of get what you want. So of course people on the other side are gonna to react to that if they feel that they're being wrong. And that's not that's not that's not justifying it. I'm just saying that when you when the nation put up with so much violence in twenty twenty, of course people on the, you know, the extremes on the other side are gonna say, well, then now we're gonna go ahead and do the same thing because why 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 do
1: we, you know, we have, anything more. as best as you can determine, do we have a real understanding of how many people died in the Antifa riots and what level of damage there was, property-wise?
2: It it was in the dozens. I, I it, it kind of fluctuates because again it depends on the time period. Because again, most people think about the summer, um, but it, it it went beyond that. So and and really, it's almost incalculable because the the high crime in terms of murders that we've seen. Post-2020, you know, that, that's also the same thing b- yeah. because police departments were at first defunded, So, you know, money was then put back to deal with the high crime. But now police departments are understaffed. So, of course, you know, when you have a whole movement that's demonizing police and lauding criminals, of course, now the, the regular criminal element is going to be emboldened to go out and do their acts. And that's why we're seeing kind of the, the new intensity or low-intensity chaos that's plaguing our streets
1: yeah, in no. major
2: cities. So, so I view the, the murder rates, crime rates today all tied back to 2020. It's, it's, it's related to that.
1: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.